Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Vance Bars. Vance, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am, and thank you very much for having me on as a guest. Yes, you're welcome, man. Excited to have you on. Let's do this. Vance is an AIF. He is a wealth strategist, and he is the founder of Your Dedicated Fiduciary. I'm excited to have you on. Vance, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. A little bit about my personal life. I have a wife that loves me very much. (laughs) She might be listening to this. (laughs) Um, We have two amazing children, both under the age of three. So life for yours truly is typically very busy between planning the lives of other human beings and happily spending time with uh with my family so prior to founding your dedicated fiduciary i spent roughly a decade traveling the country full-time as an alternative investment consultant and when i say full-time i mean typically full-time multiple cities per week it was really really fun until it wasn't and in that role i felt very fortunate to spend a lot of time with some of today's economic thought leaders and really get to know the inner nuances of the wirehouses, independents, RAAs, and last but certainly not least, family offices. So I would go in and consult them on how to incorporate certain alternative investment strategies, typically for high net worth or ultra high net worth clientele that those advisors serve. And I was on the forefront of the evolution of alternative investments from the private placement format into so-called liquid alternatives. And it was really fun. And life decided to show up and life is always, you know, in session as they say. And in a very short period of time, I had a number of life events occur, none of which were in my control. And I woke up one day, George, and I said, you know what? I am, not happy living out of a suitcase and consulting financial advisors. And my grandmother, uh, who we called red because she was barely five feet tall and had this bright red hair (laughs) had a massive stroke and not that, by the way, not to start the call on a negative tone, but you know, life is what happens to us while we're trying to implement our plans. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So she had a stroke and couldn't walk. And that was really the impetus to me resigning from my former career without any backup plan. And I moved from where I was living in Tampa, Florida, up to, of all places, the Morgantown, West Virginia area, and uh, spent time with her in the nursing home. And she ultimately ended up transitioning to the spiritual side 
in that nursing home and we had a lot of end of life discussions and I got to speak with several of the other residents of that nursing home and it really changed my perspective on life and that which is most important as we are all front stage and center in our own lives. And when she died, I ended up hopping on one of the two Harleys that I owned at the time. And I rode around the country for a little over a year. And I had a lot of what I call windshield time to think, to think about life and to think about how I want to spend my time. And part of that was a lot of time thinking about our industry and the things that I would in an ideal situation love to change. And obviously I can't individually change the industry, but I can do my part. So when I moved back to San Diego, I decided to transition into a financial planner role to try and bring value to certain types of profiles that I often saw underserved, particularly from a planning standpoint. And now I serve a little over 50 families around the country. And that's my story in terms of how I transitioned from the former role as an investment consultant into current role as financial planner. Got it. I appreciate that. So when people see your picture, they're going to see a, a very finely groomed, handsome man with, 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 with a beard, <laughs> short hair. But that wasn't always the case. Hey, Photoshop, Photoshop helps. <laughs> During, during this Harley time, tell me, tell me about the hairstyle. There really wasn't a style, so okay. to speak. It was just um, let it grow. So it's interesting that you bring that up because at the time I did grow quite a long beard and very long hair. And I mentioned some of these life events <clears throat> in the 18-month period leading up to when I resigned from my former career. I had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five family members transition to the spiritual side. Oh my gosh. Three of whom were very, very close to me. It was not a fun time, but again, life is what happens to us while we're trying to implement our plans. One of those that ended up transitioning was my beloved aunt Val. She was diagnosed with breast cancer and it was a long, grueling six-year battle for her. So when I resigned from my former career role, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do what I think most guys fantasize about doing at some point. I'm going to ride around the country on a Harley. I'm going to go see former clients. I'm going to go see parks. I'm just going to go. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to grow my hair. And I did that. It was a little over halfway down my back. And I ended up ultimately having it cut to donate in honor of my beloved Ann Bow. So nice. yes, the picture that you see there um, is not how it looked when I was growing my hair out. Um, and that's just fine because I generally don't share those pictures because we are ultimately in an industry full of judgmental people, are we not? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was fun. I nice. highly encourage it. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. And um, I, I, I too believe that that how you look at something makes all the difference, and that really goes to perspective. Um, so, not to be trite or use trite statements like you know carpe diem things like that, 
from that experience, from that 18-month period where you had five loved ones pass on, from all that windshield time, from your experience in the business, what what are some of those really important lessons that that you're now are are, are really now helping to in, in, inform your client interactions? You know, it's interesting that you ask that because I get this question whenever I speak publicly about the experience, which is typically in front of, uh, you know, an audience of 25, you know, to 200 or more. And a lot of the answers to that question are so-called cliche, but having been through that experience, they resonate deeply, like live every day as if it's your last. And people might roll their eyes at that, like, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. are you uh, one of these motivational people? Well, no, I'm not. But the reality is we never know when it's going to be our turn. And we ultimately don't know how much time we have on this earth. So a few come to mind, and I've already shared the first, which is live every day like it's your last. Secondarily, <clears throat> be a good human being. The last time I checked, we can't bring any of our currency or material possessions with us to the other side. And people will remember who we are and what type of person we were. And in my opinion, it's really important to remember that and keep it front of mind so that we can live our lives in a principled fashion. Number three, surround yourself with people that you enjoy spending time with. And that's not only personally, but also professionally. Great mentorship has been hugely beneficial for me. In fact, I took to Twitter not too long ago talking about mentorship and someone reached out asking for suggestions on how to find a great mentor. But I look at my transition from my former career role into this one and great mentorship was key. And we all have 24 hours in the day, how we spend those hours are ultimately up to us. And I want to spend my time with people that bring me fulfillment and help me ultimately live my life's passion, which is time with family and serving others. Because ultimately if you're in a financial planning role, you are in my mind supposed to be of service to not only clients, but I would hope the public. We have a big financial literacy problem in this country. In my opinion, it's kind of crazy to think that people graduate from high school with really no understanding of things like the difference between good and bad debt, how to go about getting a mortgage, how to save for retirement. So it's up to them or it's up to advisors in our capacity to help educate the public in that way. But Ultimately, in my opinion, it's important to live a life of fulfillment because having spent time with my grandmother and my aunt Val and other family members that transitioned and listening to them talk about end of life thoughts and ideas and regrets and things that they wish they had either done or done differently, it became very apparent to me that it's really important to enjoy our time here. How's that? I, I think that those are all fantastic. <clears throat> I mean, life uh, life can seem very, very, very hard, um, and life can be very, very hard. You know, you've got 
as you said, two kids under the age of three. Well, those are those are fast years, but really, really long days. And uh, reality is that that that, <laughs> yeah. that, that 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 none of us have time, you know. And there are only fifty-two <clears throat> weeks a year that we we really do need to maximize the time that we have and be mindful of the people that we're spending time with. So I, I appreciate that very much. You know, you, you bring up the, the concept of time, and I have eliminated the word busy from my vocabulary because having been through all of that, it occurred to me that every one of us has enough time for the things slash people slash activities slash objectives for which we make the time. And I hear this from people a lot. I'm just, I'm so busy. And I don't say anything, but personally, I have just eliminated that word because I think that management of expectations is so important in life. And, you know, we all get these calls and emails from wholesalers <clears throat> and I'll explain to them, this is simply not a priority for me right now uh, because I have a family and I have clients to serve, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you're right. We, you know, as, as parents of young kids, and you have two young kids yourself, how fortunate are we to live in gratitude to even experience them having temper tantrums in aisle 13 of Costco? <laughs> and I, it, being a parent has just revolutionized my perspective on life, and I'm just I'm just so thankful. Yeah. Well, amen to that. So. Do you have um, you 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 identified with all your experience working in the financial services industry, um, different opportunities, and you've chosen to to specialize with with a certain kind of client? And you said that you work with with family units all over the United States, fifty or so. Do you have a a particular analogy or metaphor for the kind of work that you do? For example, some people talk about how we develop these financial junk drawers. Uh, some people talk about uh, like designing your financial puzzle with all the pieces being different aspects, life insurance policies, stocks, cryptocurrency, whatever it might be. I do. I don't have a catchy one, but <laughs> I will share the following. Wait, wait, I could come up with one. <laughs> We're going live in five, four, <laughs> three, and go. Um, typically, families will retain me initially as a second pair of eyes. And my value proposition is quite simple, especially given where we are in the cycle. You, know, you think back from a 30,000-foot view, which I think based on the things that I have shared – you and listeners understand that I now have a, a pretty big view or macro perspective of, of life. And I think back and I go, you know, a lot of clients that have had a financial advisor or financial planner are quote happy in quote after March of 2009, but the public doesn't know. Typically the public doesn't know what the public doesn't know about the inner workings of the financial services industry or specifically advanced planning types of strategies. So again, my value proposition is quite simple. I say, Hey, you know what? You are more than likely very happy. You were referred to me by either a current client or a CPA 
or you may have come across me from a media engagement that I've done and you're simply looking for a second pair of eyes. So you can retain me and I can tell you based on my review of all things that you have that involve a dollar sign, what planning strategies you are eligible for, but have not implemented thus far, or certain nuances that I think you should consider tweaking to bring overall value to your financial planning situation. I don't tell prospective clients, you have to fire your current advisor. You have to move money to me because oftentimes they don't want to deal with the confrontation and typically they don't know what they don't know about things like tax efficiency or certain types of compensation models or advanced planning strategies for which they may be eligible given their business or their overall worth of their state or the number of heirs to which they want to transfer certain assets and so on and so forth. So I just, I keep it simple. I'm here as a second pair of eyes. There's an initial retainer and I will give you a detailed report of the items that I think are worthy of your consideration moving forward. And then what they do with that is up to them. They can say, thank you very much. And we'll work with our current advisor on this, or we want to continue to retain you or Sometimes they say, hey, we'd actually like to transfer money to you to manage. We would like you to work alongside of our CPA and our PNC person and our estate planning attorney such that the net impact is the best result because we were unaware that we can satisfy our charitable intent through you know, these one, two, or three strategies. We were unaware that our life insurance was not structured in the way that it should be. We were unaware that under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there are certain holdings that we can transfer in certain ways that we might not be able to in the future. Whatever the case may be, um, that's ultimately a value proposition. And like I said, if I had if I had some time, I could come up with a catchy metaphor or analogy, but. How about second pair of eyes, just to keep it easy? Well, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that I, I would imagine that you're probably dealing with and working with a lot of very, very intelligent people who've probably done some very intentional planning. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that there's one person helping to bring it all together, right? There's not one person who has a deep enough understanding of what the estate planning process is and what the tax planning process is and what the investment planning process is, what the life insurance planning process is, because that could be a lot, and then helping them to really drive the process to where it is that they eventually want to get. Yeah, and I tell potential clients, you know, imagine a wheel. I am the hub of that planning wheel. Hmm. So I am going to metaphorically take your estate and put it in a nice pretty box with a nice pretty bow and just make sure that we have reviewed the planning that has been done thus far and evaluate if there's anything that could be enhanced or if there are any planning strategies that have not been implemented. And there is a perceived value there for some potential clients because they go, hey, this guy has spent all this time inside of these financial institutions and he's bringing, typically I get questions like, well, 
why hasn't my current advisor asked for my tax returns? Or why would my current advisor talk with my CPA to talk about strategy? And I make it very clear, I'm not a CPA. I don't offer tax advice. I don't do tax returns. That being said, here's the analogy that I use. And, and typically my clients are uh, 55 to 85, typically. Let's say, have you ever had a medical specialist speak with you about anything? Oh yeah, I had a knee replacement or yeah, I had a lower back operation or whatever the case is. When I, and then I ask, what did that medical specialist's office ask you for before you even came in? Oh, they wanted my health history from my general practitioner. Mm -hmm. I go, perfect. So your CPA is your GP. And I'm not saying that I'm a specialist, but I am saying that I have to review the financial equivalent of your general medical history so that I can understand what you are or are not eligible for from a, from a, a tax profile standpoint. And then I look at balance sheet or I help them come up with one. I look at insurance policies that are in place or not. I look at all of these different things and I come up with a, an, you know, an, an ultimate takeaway. Here's my review of your situation and then they can take it from there. I love it. Well, Vance, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Lead with empathy. I have very openly shared on this call, you know, some things that happened in life. And again, it's not to make it negative because it's not negative. It's just interesting to have gone through that experience and started viewing life and time here much differently and I found that clients, friends, family members, people in the public, at the end of the day, George, we're all still human. And human beings appreciate being heard, understood, and truly valued. And the common denominator for those things is empathy. Because when you have empathy, you can relate with other people over commonalities. And I found that it's been very, very helpful in my personal and professional lives. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Lead with empathy. I love it. Vance, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, I started using Twitter 18 months ago, and I think uh, my mom and wife are the only real followers that I have. So uh, why don't we start with Twitter? It's at Vance Bars. That's <laughs> at V A N C E B A R S E. And also my website, vancebars.com. And of course, LinkedIn is there too. And uh, this has really been a pleasure. Thank you so much, George. Oh, it's been my pleasure as well. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Vance your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to vancebars.com. Follow Vance on Twitter. Engage with his wife and his mom as well. I imagine they are lovely people. <laughs> Thank you again, Vance. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>